0: Welcome to the fifth episode of the Xamarin podcast. It's Friday the 18th of October and we're excited to talk more about some of the cool Xamarin stuff we've heard about this week. First up we have the blog post actually from Miguel Diaz on the Xamarin blog um, called Xamarin Studio and iOS 7. Uh, so some of the new features that came out with iOS 7 and Xcode 5 uh, really helped developers um, get up and running with their apps um, on the uh, Objective-C side. Uh, With the updates that Xamarin Studio have just released, um, this allows a developer using Xamarin to get up to speed just as quickly. Uh, Some of the features that came out is the automatic configuration, asset catalogs, and the texture atlases. Uh, Do you want to talk more about those,
1: Pierce? Yeah, so uh, there's a couple new things that are released, like you said, kind of coming from the Xcode 5 side of things uh, that Objective-C developers kind of just got exposed to. Uh, you said automatic configuration, asset catalogs, and texture atlases. Uh, my favorite uh, new feature is automatic configuration because I know in the past it's been really painful to work with like provisioning profiles and different accounts, especially if you're members of different teams and you have like a certain provisioning profile that you have for certain devices and ad hoc development, and it's just a pain because you're always downloading and working with keychain and uh, the organizer next code. And, Xcode, and I, I I think that the automatic configuration. Uh, that was just added to Xamarin Studio is going to be a huge help to that.
0: Yeah, and some and some of these is, is as simple as literally ticking a tick box. So so if you want to use uh, iCloud within your application or you want to add in uh, in-app purchases, you can just click the button and this will go and get the, the required uh, provision profiles that you require uh, without you having to go to the, a website and, and do that for you. I know that um, Visual Studio 2013 has some built-in features for doing this kind of automatic provisioning as well on their side, so it's nice to see something similar for iOS developers within Xamarin Studio.
1: Property list, p- dot .plist editing files, like you said, you can just tick, it's just a tick or a checkbox for a lot of these things, and I really like how there's a really good description for each thing, and not only does it say what it does, but it has a really good uh, explanation of kind of what exactly is happening behind the scenes, so like if you're trying to look for something and something's not working right, well, you can always go back to this and say, okay, well, when I enabled iCloud, uh, it was added into my entitlements. Uh, so I just like how it's really, like, tells you upfront what what changes are being made behind the scenes. It does a really good job explaining things, uh, which w- with Xcode, sometimes things can get a bit confusing. But I feel like things are really straightforward, especially with this new release of Xamarin Studio.
0: We mentioned a lot about iOS 7 and um, SpriteKit last week um not really wanting to dive too much into it in this episode but there was a really interesting blog post by Neil Danson who's part of the F# community and he's been building uh, or doing a, a part series on how to build a platform game uh, using SpriteKit using F# as well uh, so this is i think there's five different uh, five different parts that you can um read at the at the moment um and he talks about things from animation or having um, different sound clips in your application also how you can just basically build up the game using F-Sharp. It's a really good tutorial if you want to get started with both learning F-Sharp and also building a game at the same time. Also this week uh, Jeremy Laval actually created a blog post called A Big Refresh to Moyu uh, which is this application for people in and around Boston who want to use the hub bikes that are around the, uh, around the uh, city. Um, Part of these new features is actually, I think there's about three different blog posts that uh, Jeremy's actually created about these new features that he added into the app. The app is completely open source so you can go and download it um, up on GitHub and there's a nice application, uh, there's a nice website for it so you can go and um, download it as well. Some of the features that he mentions in here is using a new tool called XAM SVG. so it's a managed uh, SVG support for Android, so if you ever wanted to put SVGs within your Android application, say within uh, an image view or something like that, this, um, this library makes it really easy to do so. So definitely worth checking out that, and that's part of the uh, more you source code.
1: Yeah, Jeremy's always doing different little blog posts about Android and the ins and outs and little tips as far as working with UI controls. Uh, and this one that he kind of released this week uh, was called Android Tip View Pager with Protreating Children. So, if you're familiar with the in the iOS uh, world, the horizontal scroll view paradigm, uh, he's basically trying to reproduce that with a view pager in Android, which is part of the support package that lets you display a horizontal list of pages. Basically, they are the concept of a page, and so he kind of builds this uh, page. Uh, Page viewer, and he edits it so that you can scroll between pages, and you can do that little thing where it kind of bounces from page to page, and you can kind of get a peek at the next page, flip back without ever scrolling to that page. So there's some nice little customizations he does in the blog post, and not only if you're if you're not interested in that type of control, it's just good in general to check out these blog posts because. For me, I really have a hard time visualizing how to create custom UI components or how to modify UI components in general, both on Android and iOS, and I find blog posts like this incredibly helpful to do that. Moving to the iOS world, Greg Shackles, who is a Xamarin MVP, lives in uh, New York City and runs the mobile meetup there, uh, had a great blog post this week about elegant UI text-filled placeholders. I know that... In the past, text field placeholders have been kind of not that elegant, uh, very straightforward. Uh, so, this is a type of placeholder that, or a type of UI text field that when you tap it in, uh, the placeholder actually animates upward so that they can still see what they're typing. Uh, and if you were to remove the text, then the placeholder would animate downward. It sounds really not that great uh, the way I'm describing it, but uh, if you check out Greg's post, he talks all about it. It's a, a great little thing you can do to, to kind of spice up your app, uh, and you would use it just like you would use any other UI text field, uh, and you would just you can change the floating label font, text color, active text color, uh, kind of like you would do for a placeholder uh, with a regular UI text field. And this is a port of Jared Verdi's JV float labeled text f- field, which is, he. this isn't a binding, this is a direct port uh, in C-sharp. And so you should definitely go check out that UI control.
0: So Mike James, who works on the Xamarin support team, actually created a nice blog post on using a tool called PaintCode with Xamarin.Mac. So if you're not familiar with PaintCode, it's an application that you can download to create design assets for your buttons that actually generates code for you. And you can, it actually generates Objective-C code and it generates C-sharp code for your uh, Xamarin.iOS projects. But what it doesn't do at the moment is it doesn't generate code that's used on Mac projects. So if you're building a map des- Mac desktop applications, then you'll want to um, have a look at this blog post, and it tells you what you need to convert over from what's generated from the Paint code application, and then how you can then make this work on, on Mac. Uh, a lot of the information on there is actually quite straightforward. It's just once you know it, then it's easy. If you don't know it, then this blog post really comes in handy in terms of mis- demystifying uh, some of the problems you might have with converting that over. So uh, it's a nice little short blog post, but i definitely recommend checking that if you're using PaintCode or you want to check out PaintCode and you're also building uh, Xamarin.Mac applications.
1: Yeah, and I know Michael's been giving Xamarin.Mac some love. I think he's doing a... Uh, tutorial series on Xamarin.Mac. Everything from just starting off, and I assume he'll be building on that, and you'll be building some really cool stuff as the tutorial series moves forward. Another uh, thing that we saw on Twitter this week was Wally McClure's Asynchronous Operations with Xamarin uh, article for Visual Studio Magazine. So we've been hammering into you guys' head about Async Await ever since that was available on the Xamarin platform, and Wally kind of goes into the ins and outs of why you should use asynchronous operations on mobile. Uh, talks a lot about responsiveness and stuff like that. Uh, and then goes into the Xamarin-specific details. Uh, he actually works through a list. He, he's he's done previous tutorials on Android uh, ListView uh, data binding, and he kind of extends that tutorial here to work with asynchronous support uh, for Android 4.8. He also has a uh, short little question answer with John Dick uh, at Reddith, who's done the Zebra Crossing library and talks about how async await has helped to streamline his development. So basically he closes it out talking about uh, how many APIs, asynchronous APIs are available on each platform, and then kind of talks about some of the other async options as far as like Xamarin.mobile and the Xamarin component stores. So we love async, and we love when people post about async, so keep them up.
0: Yeah, and also if you're writing async code, you obviously want to make sure you're testing that, especially on Xamarin.iOS. And so Sebastian has a blog post which talks a little bit about uh, Touch Unit versus NUnit Lite uh, version 1.0 and and one point and and version zero point nine. Uh, and so Xamarin.iOS actually shipped with NUnit Lite zero point nine, which does have some uh, async support for it, but then it also has some problems where the test runner requires that you run uh, some things on on the main thread, on the UI thread, which obviously causes an issue if you're using async tests. Um, so what he recommends in this blog post is that you go and check out um, some of the updated um, versions of TouchUnit and unit Light, which are both up on on GitHub. Um, so there's Touch, uh, which are both up on GitHub. And if you, you know if you have any issues, um, there's a, also a way you can file some bugs against that. Um, but if you're currently using NUnit and you're having some struggles with async then definitely check out the uh, A- the, the new version of TouchUnit and NUnit Lite straight from GitHub. Something we saw on the .NET Framework blog uh, by Microsoft is that the Portable Class Libraries are now available on all platforms. Um, so with release 4.6 um, of the .NET Portable Library. They actually released the reference library so you can use them on not just Microsoft platforms, but you can use them on iOS, Android, Mac, Linux, Uh, whatever platform you want, you can now do that. Uh, This is obviously something that people wanted and asked for on on UserVoice, and they they responded and and they allow you to do this, so um, it's really nice to see this kind of be the first step. Obviously this is just the reference assemblies and isn't the whole of the portable class library infrastructure, Uh, So it'd be nice to kind of see what comes of this from the Xamarin side as well.
1: So we like to talk a lot about components and uh, different UI kits and uh, controls that can be brought into the Xamarin uh, tooling. Uh, This week on Twitter, uh, we saw a post by PSPDFKit, uh, which stated that they were making good progress on their Xamarin port for uh, PSPDFKit. Uh, If you're unfamiliar with what that is... It is a framework for displaying and annotating PDFs in your iOS apps. It's really beautiful. Um, it's got a really straightforward API, uh, and it it has a very restri- respected client base. Evernote and Dropbox both use this library, so you know it's for real, and I'm really looking forward to when I can use it in my Xamarin apps. What about you, Chris?
0: Yeah, so I think they already have support for the PSPDFKit Kit 2.0. Um, PSPDF Kit just released version 3 of their, their library, so I think this is, you know, the... The enhanced support and the new features that, that come with that, they're still uh, working on getting the bindings. They, they do request that if you want to uh, try them out, help them find some bugs and issues, then definitely contact them at PSPDFKit on Twitter.
1: So we like to push cross-platform on the Xam- unofficial Xamarin podcast. Uh, Paul Betts, who we've talked about pretty extensively in previous podcasts, uh, really involved in both the .NET and Xamarin communities with releasing various frameworks and libraries. Uh, this week he wrote a blog post about uh, Xamarin starter apps that GitHub actually uses. Um, there's two different one or there's one uh, called Starter Mobile, which just is a base product for new mobile applications. It's set up for cross-platform development, already contains all the different references and things like that, so you don't have to spend forever getting everything set up. Uh, his inspiration for this was that Google... Uh, had an internal project called Kitchen Sink, which was basically an empty project that had everything set up with you, all the best practice stuff, uh, already ready to go. So if you're looking forward to getting started on a cross-platform project, then this may be something you want to look into. It includes out-of-the-box Reactive UI 5.0, which is an MVVM uh, framework, Avocavanch, which is a cross-platform key value cross-platform asynchronous key value store. And then Splat, which we also talked about in a previous podcast, which kind of helps simplify some of the uh, clumsiness of writing of cross-platform development and how you have to write if-defs and stuff like that. Kind of removes that and has a 2 native from-native uh, extension method. Uh, we talked about that in a previous podcast. So it has all three of those libraries already set up, already ready to go. So if you're trying to build a cross-platform app, this may be definitely the place you want to start, especially if you're new to it.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really great project to see kind of being open-sourced. I see some people in the comments are kind of looking for the same sort of thing for Xamarin.Mac, which I think would be a great idea as well. So it would be good to see that in the future if that is that part of their plan. So um, we'll have to see. Um, one of the other blog posts that we saw recently um, is from Infogistics, um, And they actually were talking about the iOS 7 barcode scanner functionality. Um, and they didn't actually have, on this blog post that we're going to link you to, they already had a blog post that uh, talked about the scanning capabilities in iOS 7 in Objective-C, um, but then they have a, a separate blog post which talks a little bit more about how you can use that with xamarin.ios, uh, and then how you can also use this to go and say go to the open library um, URL, pass in an ISBN number and get the image back of, of the book that you scanned. So it's a nice little s- sample, nice and short. Um, so definitely worth checking out that. So Adobe just released a new product called Adobe Edge, which allows you to create HTML style uh, animations or HTML animations um, within your websites. Um, and James Clancy at Xamarin thought, you know, I, I really want to kind of be able to have these animations with inside my um, Xamarin apps as well. So James actually created a nice little um, project called Adobe Edge Animations. So you, it actually parses through the code that's generated from the Adobe Edge application to be able to have your animations run. I think they're pretty I think they're native animations running on your Xamarin.iOS project. So it's a really interesting project if you've checked out Adobe Edge um, and you want to take those animations on onto mobile then this is a great way of doing so.
1: So my former boss Chris Hardy uh has been doing a lot of dabbling in different frameworks and such. Uh, So he created an app a while back called Days Until Christmas. I don't know how many years ago it was. He's probably about to tell us. Um, But it was created for Windows Phone, just to kind of test out the development platform, see what it was like. And he ended up porting it over to iPhone and iPad, and then eventually to Windows 8. And uh, he wrote a blog post, and he has open-sourced this. So Chris, do you want to tell the folks a little bit more about it?
0: Yeah, so I I created this app as you say. I think it's 2010. I created the Windows Phone version. Um, I then subsequently went and put it on on iOS and and Windows 8. Um, I had a lot of requests from mainly developers saying, you know, it'd be cool to have you know an app that does days until X. Like you know, when when's Thanksgiving? I have a days until Thanksgiving app, and um, I thought, you know, I'm not going to do this for every single app idea that uh, that came to me. So I thought I'm going to give this to other people to, um, to take if they want to build it. I think the, um, so the Days Until Christmas on iOS 7 works uh, great on the Xamarin um, Starter Edition so you don't actually have to pay any money to get an iOS app into the store apart from the Apple fee of $99 a month I think. Um, and it's just a nice simple way of people to, to go and create their own apps without having to do much work hopefully and, and get them on the store. Um, But yeah, it's a very simple app, it literally just tells you the days, uh, minutes, hours and seconds until Christmas. In case anyone is curious, it is now 5.8 million seconds until Christmas, uh, as of today. Um, So as you can tell, it's a very useful app that people might want to play around with. So um, I wrote a blog post on open sourcing this, I put the code up on GitHub. Um, At the moment the Windows 8 version isn't up there, just need to find some time to get it put up on the store. Um, but you should definitely go and check that out and, and, build your own windows phone and iOS apps, um, and count down the days until, you know, someone's birthday or something like that.
1: Yeah. And you actually said that, uh, if you want more details about, I guess, the internals of days until Christmas. He has, uh, Chris has a talk at NDC 2013 and he also appeared on the tablet show. Uh, so if you want to hear a little bit more about days until Christmas, those are some opportunities for you to do so. So, we have a long five-episode tradition here of uh, featuring apps that were built using Xamarin. Uh, This week, we have an app called Joggle, which is a uh, brain workout app. Uh, The official description is, Joggle trains your brain with workouts that exercise your speed, memory, and focus. Play brain training games that put your abilities to the test so that you can live at your best. Think faster, learn better, be sharper, jog your mind. So they have a bunch of cool little games in here. Uh, I think it's similar to Lumosity and Thought. Uh, Chris has played around with it. Uh, what did you think about it, Chris?
0: Yeah, it's a really nice uh, really nice app. I actually only played one of the games, which was the the Spot the Difference, and basically it, it displays two images, and sometimes they're the same, and you have to say they're the same, and sometimes they have slight differences, uh, and you have to say they're different. Um, I found out that there's quite a nice uh, little hack that you can do is that if you actually go cross-eyed when you're viewing two images side by side if the image is exactly the same in the middle and it doesn't flicker or move at all then you know it's the same image in both sides. If it flickers um, that would be the bit that exists on one side and does not on the other so it's actually a really easy kind of game to play when you go cross-eyed and, and play that game um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. That works with any kind of um, spot the difference um, game that you might have as well so it's not just just this application it's all all those sort of things but um, regardless it's a very nice app I think um, kind of training your brain is one of those things that is is good to do it's good fun to do even if it doesn't actually train your brain I have no idea myself um, but I, I enjoyed I enjoyed using the app regardless so to finish up this week we mentioned a website called develop.com which is run by Nokia uh, they actually just went through a big refresh of their website adding new challenges and, and new uh, a whole new look and feel to the um, to the website they also took the website out of beta so you don't so it used to be developed beta and now I think they opened up to about 20 different countries um, with, this, with this release as well so if you're building Windows phone applications uh, then I definitely recommend that you go and um, sign up to developing and, and get some points to win some prizes um, using using that tool it's very nice to see and that's all we have time for uh, on this episode of the Zamarin Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time.